Hello, I'm AG. And I'm Leah. And this is. What are you on about? This is a show about water. We're gonna un- unravel all the mysteries around the water behind the bill. We are the water. Mythbusters. This is just about having fun. Lots of the time, people ask me, what is wastewater anyway? So today is about, about demystifying this notion about wastewater, the relationship between wastewater and water. And before that, what I would say is, can I just ask the question, uh, what is water anyway? And what is the role of water? And if you think hard about this question, and why does water exist? Have you ever thought about this? Do you, do you actually ask questions like this yourself? I, do, I spend my time asking myself questions like this. You go like, why does water exist? And there are some answers to that. And one of the key answers is that water exists, if you look at it from the way our body works, is to move things around. Right? So the purpose of water is to move things around. Think. That's, we can define things later. Leah, do you agree? Do you agree that water uh, is, is the purpose of water is to move things around? Yes. Yeah, that's the first thing that we, because if, you, if there was no water, you know, like the substances, the nutrients would not reach the, uh, you know, your body parts that are essential uh, to basically make the body function. Now take that and expand that to the environment, to nature, to the world, and you go like, well, one of the main functions of water is to have things in it so that it can move it around. Now, yet when people want to be presented with a glass of water and you tell them, uh, here's a glass of water, of recycled water, they go like, oh, no, no, it has things in it. And they go like, well, the purpose of water is to have things in it. No, no, I like to drink pure water. Oh, by the way, does anyone drink pure water? No. No. Because pure water doesn't exist, really. So I will tell you this. There is no pure water. There is no clean water. There is only wastewater. That's why today's topic is about wastewater. Or, I mean, we call it wastewater, but it's essentially wasted water. It's, what is the definition? Can you give me like a simple definition of wastewater, Leah? Water that you don't want anymore? Yeah, or water that is not pure or yeah. un- unclean water. Let's call it unclean water. Unclean water. Is unclean even English? I, I think, think so. so. Yeah, let's say <laughs> we're going to call it unclean water. Wastewater is unclean water. It's water that has things in it that you didn't want. And then I'm going to go around and try to find water that is not wastewater. I've been doing this for the last 25 years. And every kind of water that I looked at has some things in it that, are, that makes it unclean, including your drinking water. I'm not saying your drinking water is unsafe. I'm just saying that it has things in it. So the whole point here of this question is to demystify the notion that water doesn't have stuff in it. Water has lots of stuff in it. So if you look at water that doesn't have stuff in it, is water, there's only one kind of water that I personally experience that has nothing in it. 
In fact, in the lab, Leah, in the lab, what do we have to get uh, ultra-pure water for our experiments? We have to run it through? A millicue machine, which is like a really, really expensive ultra-filtration machine. And because it's so pure, once you've cleaned it, you can't actually drink it. It's bad for you. So, so your water has to have something in it for you yeah. to be able to drink. But the point here is that you clean water through desalination, for example, and you make it so clean that it's actually dangerous to transport in pipes because it eats up pipes. So what do we do? We add something to it to make it less damageable to the pipes. Remember that water is a universal solvent. So it actually dissolves things in it. So it can dissolve. <coughs> I mean, you look a lot around the landscape and you see that water can dissolve rock. Water can dissolve mountains over the years and, and shape the, the, the environment. So water's role is really to transport things. Now the problem here is that we want water that is fit for purpose. So our goal is to make sure that whatever water we have is to make it work for the purpose that we want. And as such, there is this thing that you call drinking water, which then is a product that we design to suit the drinking palate. But we fail most of the time because one of the most criticized things about drinking water is what? Taste. Taste. How, so many, how, how many of you have ever, like, I'm asking this question. How many of you have ever been to Brisbane? Did you like the taste of the water in Brisbane? Do you remember about the taste of the water? Noticeably, noticeably different. Noticeably different. Can you put a, a name on the noticeably different taste? Uh, I can't, but I just knew when I went to a different city that water tasted yeah, okay. every, every time you go to another city, you feel like it tastes different. different. Okay, yeah. so Brisbane's water kind of tastes like sand. Have you eaten sand before? As a child, yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> or dirt. Dirt, like yeah. been, everybody's eaten dirt or sand. So Brisbane's water tastes like sand, but that's to do partially to do with the treatment process of their drinking water. It goes through a sand filter, and that taste that's left behind is something called geosmin. Yeah. Okay, and it's really, really hard to remove. So it's we, a chemical there yeah. that gives it that taste, that dirt kind of taste, uh, and it's uh, it's it's not harmful. It's still safe. Yeah, it's still safe. It just tastes like dirt. Right. <laughs> so here's the question here: that if water is designed to have things in it, why are we always spending millions of dollars to try to take things out of it that's really the question why do we have to study wastewater why does water wastewater engineering even exist or why do we have treatment technology and that goes to this point that water has to be fit for a purpose and what we do is try to make it work for that purpose so for drinking we do all sorts of technologies, some of it reverse osmosis. Maybe we can have a whole series of episodes just about reverse osmosis if we wanted to, yeah. or membra membrane technology and all of that. But the point of today is to demystify this idea that water is clean, water is pure, water is uh, colorless, flavorless. Uh, there's nothing further from the truth 
than than saying that water is colorless and for you, you know even even if you apply technology and you look at it you can see that there is color so there's a notion of colored water of course water comes in many many different colors and maybe you may have heard that people refer to water as blue water blue water black water green water uh, yellow water purple water Grey water. water. There's all sorts of things because people. It's not. It's not like purple, purple. That's what we're going to talk about. They're it's not actually that, that color. Yeah, it's just that the water industry came up with those pipes. So if you are in a building, you can find that in a building there's like different colors of a pipe. So a building that has some level of recycled water will have a purple pipe, or in some cases we called it the third pipe. The third pipe. So, you know, so fit for purpose is the word that we're talking about. Is there another analogy? Like, what is fit for purpose? Can we call it something else? Um, Suitable for your use. Like, whatever. Right. Well, no, it's fit for purpose. Fit it's for exactly, purpose. It's exactly what it is. It's yeah. You have water for the purpose that you intend yeah. it for. Correct. Okay. Drinking. Uh, Grey water, if you're using it for, like, your washing yeah. machine or something. Showering. Showering. Well, showering, I think you have to use blue water. That's right. Do you really need to flush your toilet with blue water? That's one of the questions that lots question. of people think about. So, you know, we have this notion that uh, drinking water is a water that is around the home. Do you need to wash your car with drinking water? Do you need to flush the toilet with drinking water? Do you actually, to some extent, need to take a shower with drinking water maybe maybe not maybe it's just not so this is the future but my one of my visions of the future is that because water is so expensive to provide and to treat and to deliver to your home that eventually water that will be delivered to your home will be just some class of quality it will still have things in it and your home will be equipped with technology to actually filter it or treat it to the level that you wanted it. So your kitchen can have, uh, you know, a drinking water and uh, a sparkling water and whatever kind of water you want. And your shower can have another kind of water and you can actually recycle it within your home. This is nothing like... Uh, uh, Star Wars kind of future technology. This is already happening. There's lots of places where people have houses that are equipped with smart technology. There are yachts, you know, yachts, the boats that go uh, out to sea. They have their own desalination plants. This day, desalination plant is the size of a printer. Well, the printers are getting smaller, so maybe I should find <laughs> another analogy. Well, I don't know. I think printers are becoming obsolete, too. Well, yeah. Who wants printing? Anyway. But when we were saying, like, a, a printer is the size of a, a microwave. Uh, like, a desalination plant is essentially the size of a microwave. What you need is a reverse osmosis, uh, you know, membrane. And you need to stick it in there. And then you have pure, uh, pure water that you need to add something to it to make it suitable for your drinking, your cooking, your whatever you're doing. And I think that's really the important thing. So demystifying the myth or busting the myth of saying water is pure or is clean or is transparent or whatever, it is actually not. 
water will always have something in it. We will have a whole series about what goes in the water, what are the constituents of the, of the wastewater, or water in general. But for now, let's just talk about this notion that water is designed, intended to transport things. And if it is designed to transport things, it should have things. Because it's, a, it's like a universal solvent. If it's a universal solvent, don't, don't make something a universal solvent and later on go like, hey, I don't want you to be a universal solvent. You can't say this to water. Can it you talk to water? No. Occasionally. Occasionally. But water can get offended too. So, talking about water, water is also something that lots of people see as a spiritual thing as well, a cultural thing. So, water has many, many functions. And as such, it goes back to that notion that it is not about what water purpose is, but it's how society interacts with it. That's the next phase. The next step, and this is what I'm trying to de-engineer water for you. I'm trying to unpack water for you so that you don't think of water as a technical element. You think of water as certainly something that is societal. Lots of people ask me the question, they go like, do you think water is a technical problem? No, I ask them to ask me the question. You know, I use that a lot. You know, if I want someone to ask me a question, I'll go like, ask me a question. Because I can't answer my own questions, you have to ask me, right? So if you tell me, uh, you know, is water a technical problem? Is water an engineering problem? Lots of you would think that we have problems with water, shortage here and there. And I would answer you simply, it is not. It is a societal problem. So water being a societal problem, Different cultures, different people, different communities will interact with water differently. As such, we are now starting to add to engineering education an element of the societal nature of water. How do you deal with water in New Zealand is not the same as you deal with water in Australia, is not the same as you deal with water in India is not the same as you deal with water in uh, California. It's a very, very different approach to it because people have different expectations from water. Alright? So in some places people think of water as a purifier. So if you go to places where uh, people practice certain um, beliefs and, and, uh, and cultural things, they use water for purification or they use water. If you take that water to an engineer, they will look at it differently. They will look at it from the constituents, from what's in it, from the E. coli, from, and they would go like, this water is not suitable for this purpose. But then the person says, no, no, this is a water that we cherish and we love. So it's a, as engineers, what we have to do is we have to shift our thinking to this notion that the fit for purpose isn't about the technology, isn't about the chemistry, isn't about the physics, it's all about all of these things plus the societal expectations. Very important. Does it make it more exciting or less exciting? 
No, it's exciting. Why? Because you have to add more elements to it. Because suddenly the fit for purpose, the, the sort of, uh, no, not fit for purpose, the shelf solution doesn't work anymore. You have to adapt it. So, here's the point. The point here, water has a purpose, a universal purpose. That purpose is what water globally exercises. Now, that's what makes our business of engineering and wastewater engineering is to make sure that that water is suitable for whatever the purpose is. And the purpose has to be looked at from various angles. Say, for example, we, we're talking about environmental flow, meaning we need water to flow in the river. But some of the water gets discharged by factories, gets discharged by treatment plants, and that water has to fit within the purpose of flowing in the environment. So we apply to it some characteristics. One of them is not to be harmful to biota, one of them not to be harmful to humans, one of them... So we have this criteria around discharge that defines the way we treat the water. So suddenly we're looking at it, we're looking at it from the purpose, the fit for purpose for the environment. Now, can we do anything without environmental flow? No. no. It's a bit like you can say, you can't say, you know, if the blood is not flowing in your body, then, you know, something is wrong. So the environment, nature, the world needs the water to be flowing in it. And I think that's how you should think about it from that point of view. Now, did we just invent wastewater engineering or was it around? I think it was around for a while. Because every, forever, when humans started using water, um, it started being polluted, if you will. So the notion of polluted, we started adding things to it. And we started getting that water to, to be around us. So one of the first things that you can think about is that people always connected uh, using the toilet with water, so there was water that was contaminated with uh, fecal material, with, with, with uh, you know, what do we call fecal material in English? Shit. Shit, yeah. With things that people call like that, and, uh, you know, people call it in different ways. And then how do people live with that? Well, people have developed ways of treating water for a long, long, long time. You know, the Chinese did it before, the Romans, everyone did uh, this kind of thing. But because the modern world uh, focuses on concentra high concentrations of populations, we needed to do a little bit more and to make that treatment uh, really accelerated. So in a sense, our goal is really not to um, uh, ensure that we make water ultra-pure. But our role is to make sure that we remove things from water that are actually not need, need that don't, don't need to be there. So the purpose here that you, you can think about uh, uh, some terminology that we use in wastewater as the process of separation. So what we do is we separate elements from each other. We separate the liquid from the particle. We do separation process. One of the treatments is called separation. We call membrane technology is a separation process where you separate certain things. You can boil the water to make it like first generation 
desalination was about boiling water to a certain level and basically making it pure and then treating it in that, in that same way. But that's essentially quite an energy intensive process. So in a sense, uh, water has things in it and the goal of wastewater is to understand first, before you remove something from it, what do you want to know? You want to know what's in it. So that's the next thing we're going to be talking about. What are the constituents? And there is thousands, hundreds of thousands of things that can exist inside the water. They're not just one element or two or three or whatever. There's a huge amount of, of substances that, that can exist at any given time. They don't get removed by uh, the same process. And as such, that's why we need to know what's in them before we start actually acting. So, some of the things that, can, that you can find in water are natural elements, some of them are pharmaceuticals, some of them are pollution things, some of them are particles, some of them are dissolved, some of them are colloids, some of them are living, some of them are not living. So can I ask you a question? Yeah. How much of wastewater is water? How much of wastewater is water? Maybe I would say 99%. You reckon? What, reckon. Is, what does everyone else in the room reckon? How much of wastewater, like, think about what you flush down the toilet. How much of it is water? By weight. Yeah, by weight. Give me... Engineer. <laughs> yeah. Like a <laughs> Sorry? 90%. 90%? Any other, any other takers? 99, sorry, 99.5? trivia question. 0.03% of things we are trying to remove from water to make it acceptable to you yeah. to drink, for example. But of those zero point whatever, there is millions of constituents. Mind-boggling number of things that could exist. There are the things that we know, and wastewater is a really interesting area. Wastewater, because it deals with like what we call nasty things, the people invented like cute words for what, what is in wastewater. Like for example, when you say, instead of saying pollutants, you say constituents. You know, it sounds funny. But if you say something is really nasty, you call it a constituent of concern. <laughs> See how the language is? <laughs> if something is really terribly bad and also new, you call it an emerging constituent of concern. <laughs> so to, just to make it a little bit more palatable so that people are not scared. So the language of wastewater has kind of been sanitized in a way for the ear so that people don't get uh, that yuck factor that is associated with, uh, you know, for example, treated wastewater. Lots of people would think of treated. If you give, like, because the people, 
when they look, there is an element of psychology. There's someone says, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at start changing. So if you give someone a glass of water, and you say to them, this water is treated wastewater, the first thing they will do, they will smell it. And they will say, oh, it smells gross. And you just lie to them. Huh? You, you, you didn't, it wasn't true. They will do it. Like a human, that's how a human brain works. You go like, and if you have 10 people in the room, you can say, do you, do you smell? And you go like, yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, no, it's not good, no. <laughs> but it's just pure water. I've done the experiment so many times. Well, can I, in, can I ask a question to the room? So I think most of you are Gen Z. So how many, I think most of you are Gen Z. I'm Gen Y, so I think that's Gen X. Yeah, that means, I think that means you're all Gen Z. How many of you, if I put recycled water in front of you and told you that was your drinking water, how many of you would not want to drink it? You can be honest. You, you can you cannot want to drink it if you don't want to. Show of hands. Show of hands. Does it smell? <laughs> no. I don't know. That all depends on your is that, is that what? That's your only uh, deal breaker. I reckon it would put me off a fair bit. Yeah, if it smells. Yeah. If it smells, okay. Yeah. But if it doesn't smell, if I give you the certification, it's all good. Okay, so, <laughs> so now I'm going to ask you a different question. Sam. So you will all accept drinking recycled wastewater. How many of you know someone that would think that that idea is disgusting? Many. Yeah. Many. Okay. So I'm going to give you a little, a little analogy to tell these people um, when they tell you in the future that they don't want to drink recycled wastewater. Because they think that their water comes from a dam, right? Yeah. Is that where we normally think our water comes from? Rain falls on the ground, runs down into a dam, they treat that water and that's what we drink? Those people that don't believe, they're the ones that think like, oh yeah, dam water's hella clean. Yeah. It's not. Where are dams located? Catchment. They're in a catchment. They are open to the air. What do you normally see on water bodies when you go around? What do you, what do you see on the river? What do you see on lakes? Algae. What else do you see? Birds. Birds. You see a lot of ducks. Swans. Swans. People. People. Fish. Fish. Okay, so we've worked out that there is life around them. What does that, what does that life sort of leave on land and in the water? Constituents. Constituents. <laughs> what kind? Any any particular kind of constituent? <laughs> they leave shit there. Yes, thank you. Someone said they leave shit there. Okay. Your water runs over a catchment that probably has lots of wildlife in it, like kangaroos. What do kangaroos do? They poop. Okay. Birds fly over, poop. How many of you have been pooped on a bird in your life? I only pooped one by a bird the other day. By the way, if anyone ever tells you that's good luck, they are lying. <laughs> so, if anyone tells you that dam water is cleaner than recycled water, you can tell them that many birds, kangaroos, other animals have probably pooped in it. Yeah, okay? it's the same water that you can in the tree. Okay. <laughs> As ancient years, you, you have to... Don't worry, we clean it up. That you can treat the water to an acceptable level. And that's really the certainty that you want by you know, understanding what does the technology do, understanding 
what is in the wastewater, understanding how you can effectively remove it, what are the rates of removals, the, uh, you know, the performance of the technology you're using. That's how you develop confidence in this thing, all right? So that's a, that's a really an important element around uh, treatment and, and water. So the, the other thing that I wanted to talk about is really what defines the kind of treatment that we apply to water is the regulation. So sadly, I mean, I'm referring here to the sustainable development goals. Sadly, a regulation about the quality of water doesn't exist everywhere around the world. There are places that don't have that luxury of having a regulator that regulates what should and should not be in the water. So there are lots of countries that don't even have guidelines for drinking water. There is essentially, I have visited countries uh, that don't have the notion of drinking water. I have visited country that the uh, countries that the, the government basically doesn't own infrastructure to treat water. And it is left to people to rely on their own drinking water to either uh, drink water from the bottle or, 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 some, or, or purify their water themselves. So, and it is, we're, we're kind of lucky in Australia that we have lots of access and lots of regulation that, by the way, occasionally the regulation will make engineers' life a bit harder because the government expect from you to have criteria and to follow those criteria, especially for the discharge. So it can be a case where it can make your, your life harder. But that's not the point. The point here is that there are many, many kinds of wastewater. There is not just one kind. There is municipal wastewater, which is basically what comes from homes. There is broadly industrial wastewater that comes from industries. There is, uh, uh, you know, wastewater that comes from petroleum factories. There is wastewater that comes from uh, abattoirs. There is wastewater that comes from agri-industry, uh, from uh, uh, cheese factories, for example. Textile, uh, there's so many kinds. I would argue that it is actually, uh, to some extent, easier to deal with treating industrial wastewater. The reason being is that we know what the industry uses in terms of, of constituents. So we can expect what we can get at the other end and be ready for it. But when we're talking about municipal wastewater, which is wastewater that comes from homes, comes from people washing cars, comes from people dumping uh, anything in the, in the tank, comes from people uh, uh, using drugs, uh, both legal and Ill illegal, or we don't call them illegal, we call them illicit. Illicit drugs. By the way, you know, we were involved in this study where we looked at uh, measuring uh, you know, illicit drugs in wastewater. So people think that because they can flush the toilet, that, that people can't know what they are doing. So, you know. Well, does anyone know what the most recent thing they've been looking for in wastewater? Corona? Yeah. Yes. COVID. COVID. So yeah. you can 
So wastewater is also a sort of a place where you can find out a lot about what people do in their lives. So measurements of illicit drugs, measurements of all kinds of drugs. And by the way, for a long time, the Olympic Committee has developed this strategy by which they ask the Olympians to stay in the Olympic Village because then they measure your shower, water, and whatever, because there's a lot of athletes a long time ago who used to take like various substances, and usually they take substances that are so new that nobody knows about. So the best way to know in advance is to go to uh, some, I, I will not name any countries. Shall I? Can I name countries when we talk about... <laughs> Russia. <laughs> we talk about, about <laughs> drugs and sports. But, you know, those ones will, will know who they are. But people invent all sorts of substances. They put them in the water. And you can take a sample and analyze it. So I suppose the renaissance of wastewater isn't really about water. It's really about what's in it. It's how you can actually understand those constituents, how fascinating those constituents are. Uh, all sorts of drugs and substances and living organisms or whatever, and how you can remove them. Because I, I suppose, you know, water is an easy part. As you said, it's just water. It's just water. It's just water. The rest is the one that makes us, uh, you know, like spend millions and millions of dollars. Now, we live in a world where people go to the toilet, flush the toilet, and forget about it. How many of you look before they flush? Like show of hands, one, two, three. You're supposed to look. You should look. This is like a serious matter. I was giving a talk to these like 300 people and I told them this and only half. And at the end of uh, the talk, this guy came to me. He became a nice friend. He comes and talks to me all the time. He came to me and whispered in my ear. He says, I always look because last time I looked, I found that I found out that I had cancer. So if I didn't look, I wouldn't actually go to the doctor. So I was like, ooh. So I started taking this subject very seriously. It's really important. But once you flush, we did a survey around Australia. There are lots of people who rather forget about it. You flush it, it goes. You don't know where it goes, you don't care. So there is a large number of people in Australia who've been uh, uh, basically surveyed with a simple question. What happens to your water once you flush it down the toilet? And lots of people had no idea. Can I think about 80% of Australia had no idea. And then when we pushed the question, we said, okay, so you don't know. Where do you think it goes? We don't know. Okay, we'll explain to you. So there are pipes down there, and it flushes, and it goes to a place. And what do we do with it? We said, no idea. So we said, do you think that water, after it ends up in the treatment, in the, we didn't say the treatment, in this place, does it get treated? No idea. 
So all these people had no idea that water, after you flush it down the toilet, goes somewhere. Second thing, they didn't know that it was treated. And I was saying, like, well, what, do, what does happen to it? Oh, it just goes. Where? In the ground. What if it just goes in the ground? What do you do? Like, it's like, that's how the amount of literacy, <laughs> which is a word to say how much people know about water, is not very high. So for engineers, you need to be able to understand what is. One of the biggest, biggest, biggest infrastructure asset that any first country first world country owns developed did not say first world country anymore so, yeah. any developed country one of the most expensive is the 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 the, the, the wastewater infrastructure assets which means all the pipes that you have in the ground if you put all the pipes that we have in the ground in australia you will go around the world at the biggest... What is the biggest part of the, 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 the world? The equator. If you go around the equator three times, just in Western Australia, there are enough pipes to go around the globe almost one round. I thought that was Australia. 40, no, no, the Water Corporation has 43,000 kilometers. Of pipes. down the toilet during COVID, people started flushing, you know, like, what do they flush? How many of you have ever flushed, like, something down the toilet that wasn't pee, poo, or paper? Be honest. Yeah. What have you flushed? Milk. Sour milk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sour milk. Sour milk, you can make cheese out of it. <laughs> what you can else? make paneer or ricotta. What Which, else have um, people flush? Vomit. Vomit? Anything else? Goldfish? Anything else? So lots of people flush sanitary items. They, f they started during the COVID situation flushing like paper towels and all of that. So that's why Leah and I, we did this demonstration online and we asked people not to do that because, you know, like people... Uh, panicked with COVID and started flushing anything, like people flushing masks. And I go like, what do you do, man? Like, yeah, flushing masks. Like, people panic. This, some of them start flushing they'll their... They'll flush masks, they'll yeah. flush gloves, they'll flush condoms, they'll, they'll flush, flush sanitary pads, yeah. they'll flush Q-tips. Q-tips? <laughs> no, we found shoes. Money! People right. will flush money down the toilet. So I once, I once, so I clearly go to wastewater treatment plants a lot. I once went to a wastewater treatment plant up in Karatha and I was standing next to it and looking at a whole pile of sticks, like little white sticks that were floating on the surface. 
And I looked at them and I was like, why are there a whole pile of lollipop sticks floating on the surface of this wastewater pond? And I was there for literally half a day before I realised that they weren't actually lollipop sticks because people aren't that crazy. It turns out that they're Q-tips. So you know you know, the things that people tend to use to clean their ears out with? Even though you're not supposed to clean your ears out with them. You know, That's what she said tend to. Yeah, so people were flushing these down the toilet. And then you find out from the wastewater operators in Karatha, like, what are the main people, like, the main part of the population in Karatha at the time, probably still is, were FIFO workers. FIFO workers tend to care less about what they flush down the toilet, so they'll flush anything and everything. They'll get it in trouble. But, you know, there were a lot of weird things floating in that pond, just saying. <laughs> That's great. So, here's the point. Because people flush things that they're not supposed to flush, we end up with wastewater that is complex to treat. So the question that we normally ask is, what do you do when you have larger population, when the population grows? Do you make the pumps bigger or the treatment bigger, treatment facility bigger, or you educate people? So that's the trade-offs that we started to think about because a long time we felt or people felt that you could just make things bigger, makes the pipe and this way you're going to respond to the demand. But there is a limit to how big your pipe can be because the population is growing in lots of places you can't handle. So we have to go back to treatments that take into account education, social elements and all of that. That's why the area of wastewater and water in general is such a fascinating area for engineers to be involved with. You know, in addition to understanding all these backgrounds about what grows in the water, it's about how you influence people to change their behavior. So that the change of behavior element becomes now part of engineering. The element of stakeholder engagement. What you tell people, how do you educate? Do you think if people, the reason why we did studies around uh, water literacy is to educate people about the water because there's research that shows that when people learn about where their water comes from, where their water goes, they are actually, they save water uh, more. And I think that's really the element here is to try to understand as much as possible and educate people about the sources of water. So what are some of the other elements of wastewater that, of water that we said the universal thing is essentially about the composition, what's in it. And, and the fact that water is essentially a transport. There are some areas of specialized exper expertise, which is like, uh, you know, uh, uh, nuclear waste. And I'm really pleased that we have one of our leaders in the university, Simon Biggs, is uh, an expert in nuclear waste. And he offered to come and talk to you at some stage about nuclear waste, like water that's contaminated with, which is like mind-blowing thing. What do you do with that stuff? It's in the water. What do you do? Is it like, can you, can you separate it even? Can you touch it even? Can you like put it in the pipes? It's, can you build around it or whatever? So there's a lot of strategies because eventually, eventually, only eventually Australia may consider nuclear uh, uh, as an energy source. I know that it has, or we have to deal with it in a certain way. So it's really an interesting area of, you know, 
The other point is that why wastewater is extremely important is that anything that you put, anything that exists in the world ends up in, in water. Because water is designed to transport things. Name one thing that you can't end up in water. You know, there's bikes in water. When I was in Europe, like you were, like the only thing you look in the, the canals is like it's full of bikes. What else? Plastic ends up in water. And it wasn't intended for it. You know, uh, glitter, people wear makeup, uh, stuff that you scrub your face with, like face scrubs. You know, like face scrubs? Do you know face scrubs? Yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot of stuff in there. We're going to look at that. We're going to talk, we're going to bring those and show people. Like when you, you're putting on your face a scrub that has uh, like 200 elements in it, and some of them you can't even read what it is. And you go like, yeah. <laughs> what is that? Where does it end up? In the water. You wash your car in Germany. In Germany. You know how in Australia, if you water your, your lawn, they tell on you to the water corp, and the water corporation sends you this sneaky letter. We have been advised that you are watering your lawn. No, no, no. You can do it again. Not saying the nosy neighbor has just given up. <laughs> so in Germany, if you wash your car at home, they tell on you because it's illegal. So where do you wash your car? You take your car to a washing to the facility that is designed for cars. They wash the car, they collect the water, it gets treated properly, as opposed to you washing your car, it ends up in the storm water, and it ends up hurting my friends, the dolphins. This is a sector that is so important for anything that you do. All right, thank you so much for listening. Thanks, everyone. All right, boom, we finished this okay, one. Bye. Yeah, bye.